heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. WC Football Talk. This man has been here many times before, but today it's just him and I for some great football chat. Nightmare Ball of Markeem Graham is back by WC Football Talk. How are we feeling today, Markeem? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Y'all might hear me go off the rails a bit, but I'm doing great. Hey, man, that's what we're here for. Um, we're 10 days out from the draft, so at this time, 10 days from now, we're all going to be in front of our TVs seeing what each NFL team does or who trades and what chaos unfolds, but... We actually, I want to start on a bit of a somber note because today we had a retirement from the uh, NFL of Alex Smith calling it quits, obviously dealing with a huge comeback this year, but I guess he just decided to hang it up. But I asked a question on my Twitter on my Twitter page earlier today, which got, uh, got a decent amount of votes, 16 votes, saying, uh, do you think he belongs in Canton? And 93.8% of the people voted no. Uh, I just want to get, what you, what's your take on that, and then I'll get into mine. Absolutely not. <laughs> he was, half his career, he was terrible. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, if it's the WWE Hall of Fame where you're just putting anybody in for the sake of putting people in, yeah. But no, like, yeah, like I said, the the, the story of his comebacks remarkable and incredible. But like, when you look at the stats and who's, especially the big name quarterback to have retired this year, nah, he's he's not getting in Canton in 2026. That's that's Drew Brees. I will say this though, he deserves credit for turning his career around because he was a bum for like. A good, like, 90% of his career. It was like that last chunk. Well, I'd say 70%. It was like that last chunk at the end where you put it all together and a solid run of winning games and things like that. Yeah, I, I give him credit for that, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You also think about it, too. He played placeholder for a lot of quarterbacks. Like, he was succeeded by Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, and then he went to Kansas City. Everything was fine there. And then this uh, wonder kid named Patrick Mahomes comes along, and then he ends up in Washington. This year, too, was a root. Like, I thought Chicago was a potential spot for him just because of the Matt Nagy connection, but I guess he just decided, look, like, I've had a good run, and I am I feel like he's at the point where, like, where it's like Drew. He's comfortable walking away from the game. And it was a miracle he even played it all this year because his leg was fucked up. I know. He almost he almost got – he almost died. I believe it was, like, 17 or 18 surgery, something crazy like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the only other big news tidbit to come out of today is the Bengals have new jerseys, because I'm not sure if you've seen them. They did uh, an orange, a black, and a white. I, I saw the picture of all of them standing. I couldn't really get a good shot, a good look at the back, but looks it's an upgrade. It looks way better than it did before. Exactly. And the only ones I'm I'm more excited to see, because the rumors, there's rumors of, th- like, no big upgrades, but the... Niners and the Browns are apparently going to their 80s throwbacks with like a bolded number, so I'm more excited to see those. But for the Bengals ones, hey, I'm not going to buy one, but they, they cleaned it up and they made it look nice. Yeah, they, they don't look like a high school team anymore. Exactly. I thought, I, I thought they had some of the worst jerseys in the league. <laughs> it's a lot better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they did it where it's a lot better and it's just uh, it's a lot cleaner, I'd like to say, of a look than a high school jersey. More professional, if you will. It's kind of like when you – Neaten up your resume. Yeah. Yeah. They, they needed a whole fresh new coat of paint after the I 50 just, years uh, of misery. Exactly. <laughs> and the only thing, too, I noticed was Joe Burrow. They had him sitting on the throne, but all I saw was this giant scar running down his knee, and I'm just like, oh, I wonder if he's going to be good to go in September. 
I, I highly doubt it. I think he's going to miss like the first month of the season. Yeah, I think he'll be back around probably week five or week six. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, the one reason why I wanted Martin here on, because he messaged me saying that on next week's show, which is the big draft show, folks, he's got some stuff to say. But look, we got a lot of talking to do because there's so much craziness going on right now with obviously San Francisco trading up about who they're going to. But I'm going to let you get what you need to get off your chest first before I get into what I have to say. All right. I mainly want to talk about the reason why I wanted to do this was because these quarterbacks. Like, we'll get to Trevor Lawrence, but let's let's just get past him for a second. Let's talk about everything underneath. All season, ooh, excuse me. Oh shit, we were uh, privy to thinking that the next two selected would be Fields and Zach Wilson. Um, to me, I think that's pretty clear. Whatever order you want to put those two in, that's fine. But all the rest of these dudes, who I think all have opportunities to be pretty good, everybody from Lance to um, to Trash to Newman, all these dudes I think could be good, to Mac Jones, I think all these dudes could be good, but I don't think any of them you can just throw into the league and start, and they, I mean, they'll be effective players. I think the, the top three, I think that Zach Wilson is is privy to, you know, the usual – you know, hurdles that most NFL rookies go through and um, where like they hit that wall where they things have been kind of easy for them and they hit the wall where they struggle a lot and then they kind of put together what they'll be by like, you know what I mean? By the end of the year, you, you kind of see like, this is the type of player they'll be not the fully formed version, but you'll start to see like signs of exactly what they are. I think that's, that's going to be Wilson's rookie year. I think that's probably going to be Fields' rookie year. But, like, the rest of these dudes, I think you throw them out there and they're just bad. They're just, like, just bad from the jump. All these dudes are projects, man. I think all of them are good prospects, but they're all pro- projects, which is why I don't understand that, like, like six of them are projected to be taken in the first round. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would you draft a project? You know what I mean? I understand we're thinking, like, maybe they could end up being Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has kind of fucked it up for everybody. We're, like... Everyone's trying to draft the next dude that looks raw like him. You know what I mean? That we can, but now everyone has Andy Reid. You know what I mean? Like it's just like we we have to be smart about this thing. Man. I know quarterbacks are value high, but it just really bugs me that uh, a lot of these dudes are being set up to fail pretty much, and it, it, it fucks with me. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these dudes, you know, they work hard to get where they are, and <laughs> it's gonna be the the, the crippling effect of being thrown into the NFL season as soon as it starts. You know what I mean? And expected to go out there and save our franchise. You know what I mean? When you weren't really that great to begin with. The only guy I think is a sure bet will definitely be good. No questions asked is Trevor Lawrence. But even I think he's a little bit overrated because I've seen lists of people saying he's the greatest prospect in the history of the NFL. And I'm like, wait, didn't John Elway, Andrew Luck, and Peyton Manning all happen? Didn't that all happen? You know what I mean? I don't understand. Like, to me... He falls into like, like he he's don't get me wrong. He's a he's a very good prospect, but like, the thing that is very noticeable about him is that he's a front runner. Like when when he faces adversity, he is is rare. He answers the bell. Like I'll give you a good example. Like Ohio State, for instance, the Ohio State game where he played a defense that had been picked on a lot all year. Like, well, well, through the not all year, but through the games they played, it's like they were a defense that has shown. Massive vulnerability. And I'm not saying he was terrible in that game, but when Justin Fields was lighting them up, he did not answer the bell. Like, it, you can lose that game, 
But like you have to you have to answer what that guy's doing on the other side. You know what I mean? You you are you're you're considered the number one guy, you know what I mean? And he didn't answer that at all. The game against Joe Burrow, where Louis Murrow is one of the best college football offenses of all time. But that was not one of the best college football defenses of all time. And he was just bad. Like, he, was just, he was just bad against LSU, man. We seen him twice on the biggest stage, and both times he just kind of shit the bed. And then the one time before that, when nobody knew who he was, when he wasn't asked to do much, he had a game that was better than we thought he would. You know what I mean? So, like, how good, you know what I'm saying? How good is he, how good is he really when he's not front-running? We see all the difficult throws. We see, like, the throw, you know what I'm saying, the veteran throws that he makes. But how good is he really? Like, do we really know? Because in the NFL, he's going to play for the Jaguars. The Jaguars are bad. All, he, all he's going to face is adversity. How good would Because they're going to throw him out there and expect him to save us. I mean, go out there and save us. And I don't think he's that guy. I don't not think he's that guy to just go out there and save a franchise. I don't think he's that guy. He's not you. Peyton Manning. He's not, he's not John Elway. He's not, well, coming into the league, he's not what Andrew Luck was. He's just not those guys. But I've been seeing that. For like, I saw a list where he was literally number one, and then, I okay. <laughs> it's all good. Like, I, I love that article from Sports Illustrated with him talking about, like, oh, I don't have a chip on my shoulder, and everyone being like, oh, is he just not humble? Is he not this? It's like, no, he's been on a pedestal since he was in, like, a sophomore in high school, and then <laughs> all throughout college, it was easy street. Look, he went to two national championships, three semifinals, the only games he lost was, like you said, one of the best college offenses in history. And then the bell just happened to ring against Ohio State, and he never answered it, which, ironically, both games were in the Superdome. So as long as he's not playing for the Saints, I feel like he's going to be good. But even today, too, like with Zach Wilson, I saw on ESPN, just on their YouTube channel, um, the ra- you know KJZ, the radio show they do? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did an article saying, like, oh, well, the New York pressure get to Zach Wilson, like... I feel like the media is hyping these guys up more than what they are. Like, we know they're going to be good eventually, but Jet fans, I think, have to realize, look, Zach Wilson's not going to come in and you're not going to be great right away. You're going to have – he's going to have those bumps in the road. He's going to have those growing pains. Like you said, I expect the Jets to have, like – I said my ceiling for them, I'd say, is like 6-11 and this year, which I will say this again and again. That is weird to say, but I'd love to say it, that we have a 17th game. Um, but no, like for everybody else, like realistically, Lance, Fields, even Jones, I think could be, if you know what, they redshirt their rookie year. It's not the worst thing in the world. But at the same time, too, I feel like if Jones goes to San Francisco, he's going to play. Why? Because he's, he's Kyle Shanahan's quarterback. Like he reminds me of like what Kyle Shanahan did with Matt Schaub and Houston, uh, Kirk Cousins in Washington, and then again with uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta. So we'll see what happens, but... This, like, I love everybody with the draft where it's just like, oh, apparently Trevor Lawrence even too already has Jacksonville's playbook and stuff, which I don't even know if that's against the rules or not. It's, but it's just, these prospects get so hyped up. And even today, too, with Trey Lance's pro day, you had idiots like Mike Greenberg saying, like, oh, they're running, uh, why is Kyle Shanahan going to his pro day? It's just like Kyle wants to cover his bases for all these quarterbacks to make sure he knows which one to pick. You don't want to go into a draft blind. You want to make sure you've done all your analysis and as much of it as you can. It's like going to buy a used car. You're not just going to go and pick a car and buy it. No, you're going to test drive it around the block, bring it back, and you may test drive one or two more because you want to be sure you're getting that right vehicle. And it's the same thing for quarterbacks. Like All I heard anyone ever say about Trey Lance is that he doesn't go through all his progressions. Why is he shooting up the draft board? Like That's like the biggest like mistake 
that a lot of rookies make in the NFL. A lot of these dudes don't last very long because they don't they don't go through all their progressions. Like, look, man, Colin Kaepernick, controversial figure, but he initially came in and ignited the Niners' offense because he gave them a a, a dimension of athleticism they didn't have before. I mean, he gave them like a spark. With just his legs that they didn't have before. And also he had a powerful arm. But the reason why he didn't last very long is because he didn't go through all his progressions. You know what I mean? I still feel like, you know, he was good enough. to. We're not getting into that. But, like, yeah. I still feel like he was good enough. You know what I mean? But the reason why it, it wasn't the same anymore is because they kind of figured him out to the point where he had to st- he had to stand in the pocket, go through all his progressions, find the open man. But he was ne- that was never his strength. That's why he was so bad in the red zone. You know what I mean? And Trey Lance is the same shit. If I seen him play one time, and I saw all that stuff. You know what I mean? And that's that's his biggest weakness. Why would you take someone like that in the first round if that's their biggest weakness? That's stupid. It's it's like the same thing too. You're seeing it with Lamar Jackson right now. Where look, he had that amazing 2019 season, but then the Tennessee Titans kind of cracked the code on him, and then all of a sudden you realized, hey, yeah, he's not a good quarterback. Uh, Bill Belichick did it in Super Bowl 53 against Sean McVay's offense. Now Sean McVay's trying to refigure it out. That's why he went out and got Matt Stafford. It's this league is all about adapting and adaptability and how you can change your game. Like Andy Reid's done such a great job at it with Patrick Mahomes where, you know what, just when you think you got Patrick figured out, he's going to do something that's just going to completely like fuck with your mind and fuck with your head. Like, meanwhile, if all these quarterbacks stay stagnant, you know what, you're not going to get better. That's why like the big thing right now for Daniel Jones and Drew Locke are, you got to be more consistent. You got to play better. You got to go through your progressions. You got to, Find your rhythm, and you got to be like, I'm going to go back to consistent just because, look, Daniel Jones can have a game where he's great, but then he can have a game where he fumbles three times and he's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, look, look, at least with Lamar Jackson, like, you see him you see him becoming more savvy as a passer. Like, you see him getting better in the pocket. And, like, who's to say, like, why would you risk – he, but he was taking – you know what I'm saying? What was, what was he was taking, like, the end of the 30, first round? Yeah, like, Baltimore traded back in and – uh Got um, Baltimore traded back in and traded. I think with the yeah, I was a Baltimore traded with Philadelphia to go back and get him. But I just want to break away from that story for a second because there was a draft I realized recently, which was one of the best drafts in history. I don't know if you know about this, but 1996, the Ravens drafted both Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis in the first round. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the best first rounds in NFL history. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's hitting twice. But yeah, yeah like like. Lance, like Lance, I keep harping on Lance, but like, and this applies to like a lot of these dudes. Like, like his business, his biggest weakness is what you kind of need to be good in the NFL. Like, why is he? People are saying he's going like in the top ten. Like, that's crazy. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, to be good in the NFL. Like, look at all the best quarterbacks. Look at look at Patrick Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is lethal because he doesn't stop looking down the field. It's not. It's not because of the athleticism. He never stops thinking about what 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 bomb can I throw? You know what I mean? It never ends. Like the computer's always going in his head. And with Trey Lance, he he decides as soon as the ball snap, I'm throw, I'm going here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's and that's not good. Like I feel like with Trey Lance, it's one of those things where it's like it's going to be Josh Allen. It's going to be Josh Allen. Where you know what? It's going to take him a few years to figure things out. Like look at Josh Allen. Like after year two, going into the last year, everyone was like, "Oh, we don't know about this guy anymore." Yada yada yada. And then he comes in and lights the world on fire. And he he was a top ten pick too. Buffalo traded up to go get him. So I feel like this. All these teams that need a quarterback are they're 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 
they're quarterback horny. I'm going to say it. It's a weird word, but that's how I'm going to put it. Like, look at 2011. Look at that draft. You had Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbard, and Christian Ponder all go in the top 15. That They should have never gone. Now, that also that's had to crazy. do with the fact, the fact of, the, like, the, the potential work stoppage, but... That was one of the best drafts in NFL history, and you had three crappy quarterbacks go in the first round. Crazy, crazy. But I thought, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, wanted, I was one of those guys that was uh, I was high on locker. I'm not gonna lie. I was wrong about that one. But but <laughs> I was wrong about that. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you, you're right. And like Mac Jones, like any think about it. Like what quality does Mac Jones have that jumps off the page to you for you and to I'm take him in the top ten? Like, you know what I mean? In the top ten. Like, come on. He doesn't have Joe Burrow's arm. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He doesn't have uh, RG3's athletic ability. He doesn't have um, Andrew Luck's size or Peyton Manning's brain or anything like that. But people are saying top ten. What? Like at, the beginning, like, at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, cool. If this guy goes second or third round, I understand. And then... After the season, I was like, okay, late first round. I don't think he was considered top ten until San Francisco made that leap up to three. I feel like, like what is that? What is that? Like, what? I, I think San Francisco could have stayed at twelve and still got him. They're really pushing their chips to the table here. John Lynch is with this deal. Yeah, but and, and but I think the rest of these dudes, in my opinion, you know, they aren't really worth talking about. Like, I don't think that uh, what's the guy from Florida, uh, Kyle Trask? I don't think he's gonna. I mean, I don't think he's going to move the needle at all. You know what I mean? But they'll have you believe that. Like, people are starting to say Davis Mills is going to go at the back end of round one. Like, Davis Mills should not be going on until at least the third round. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that's, that's so stupid. Yeah, that – like, the one I could see going late round one because of things is Kellen Mond, but I still think he'll be there day – he should go day two. All, all these dudes, man, none of them. None of them. None of them, other other than the other than the ones we know about, I don't, like I don't see. Now that being said, I do think this is the strongest QB field we had in a long time. Yeah, but that's that's just because of how much QBs are usually overvalued in this thing. You know what I mean? But I do think it's the best field we had in a while. Exactly. I, absolutely. And the other thing, too, I feel like is strong is just this wide receiver class. Like, there's a lot of guys who I think are going to be sneaky late day one, kind of like follow like the Justin Jefferson in the 20s territory where someone thinks, why are they going after them? No, obviously we knew Justin Jefferson was great coming out of LSU, but I look at a guy like a Kadarius Toney or Rondell Moore, even though Rondell Moore is short, going in the back half of day one and making an impact right away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, the only real position class where this draft is trash is defensive tackle. Besides that, it's a very strong draft all across the board. And I'd, I'd say running back, too. Like, I love the people who are pegging running backs to go day one. Like, I do not see a running back going until day, day two. Like, look at look at Derrick Henry. He was coming off a of Heisman season. I think he went in the second round of the Titans. Like, Nashi Harris and ETN, I think, will be there day two. So, I feel like these teams don't have to freak out and get a running back right away just because they're there. I um. I don't know, man. These running backs. This, I, I I have questions about all their health, but, you know. Yeah. The one thing I want to talk about as well is the – I don't know if you heard about this, but Jerry Jones apparently being very high on Kyle Trask, and there was rumors that he want or, like, ESPN started talking about him wanting to trade up, and I said, if Jerry Jones wants to play Big 12 football, go ahead, be my guest, but your team's not going to make the playoffs. Big 12 football, that's funny. 
Yeah, like, seriously, like, that's, well, that's all Big 12, like, I mean, Oklahoma's defense has gotten better, but for the most part, Big 12 football is just, you know, a pure 54 to 47 overtime Texas versus Oklahoma kind of games. I think that someone, like, I think if someone can harness that, because, like, it's almost like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA were, like, the, the, really, the, the Big 12 just plays faster, and I feel like someone could, you know, could bring that to the league. You just got to find the right guy. Exactly. I think you I think you bring that to the league, though. I think they thought Chip Kelly was the guy to bring that style to the league, but it didn't happen that way. Wasn't he Pac-12, though? Yeah, he was Pac-12, but he it, it was the same type of style, though. The okay, spread, go-go-go okay. type deal. But, True. Well, I guess that's what got them to a national championship when they lost to Cam Newton's Auburn Tigers. Yeah, but that that team in general, like uh, he he's another dude that a lot of a lot of people have like like Cliff Kingsbury, for instance, right? Like he runs that whole same spread option type deal that they did at Oregon. Like he's been copied a lot. Like I I don't want to talk about Chip Kelly right now, but he's been, <laughs> I don't want to give him credit, but yeah, he he's been. I feel like he shouldn't just be out of like you know prominence the way he is even though things have not gone well for him at all exactly um but the one thing too is when you said cliff kingsbury i i like he's a coach who i think is on the hot seat going into this year and i love how people say oh yeah it's him and kyler up this year i'm like no if the cardinals have like an okay record but miss the playoffs cliff's gone but doesn't mean kyler's gone kyler is their franchise going forward in my opinion i i I don't know if his body will hold up though like he He's a small dude. He takes a lot of hits. He's been injured a lot already. I, just, I don't know. You have to think. You have to think about that sort of stuff. Their offensive line is trash, right? Not they're not trash, but they they need upgrades. They need to upgrade on the offensive line. We'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about this. Because <laughs> that that that's one of my hot takes that I'm saving for that video. Ooh, okay. Oh, you you heard it, folks. Save that for next week. But like, because that's the thing with so many of these coaches, though, where like. There's just so much transparency and there's no, so much firing. And then you get guys like John Gruden who, you know what, can just make the Raiders doing a pit of obscurity and completely wipe out the offensive line. Yet he's probably guaranteed a job because he's Mark Davis's best friend. Yeah. yeah. But another thing that um is, like, concerning to me is, like, I don't like how Devontae Smith keeps falling. Like, bro, this dude. <laughs> this dude just won the Heisman Trophy. He's one of the most dynamic weapons in maybe college football history, and like I understand he's a little size. small, but I, I I get that. But like, yo, come on, like, like, like show, show show the guy with some respect. I I, I yeah, you know what I'm saying, it's like, come on, man. That's the only thing I think of it was with him is just look. I think if he can, you know what, just bulk up before the season starts. Which obviously, because once these guys get drafted, they'll go to mini camps and rookie camps, but. I gotta get something off my chest for a second, and I hate the fact that these guys are trying to use COVID as an excuse. Now, obviously, it's still around, but vaccines are readily available throughout the country. So, I think I don't get why these guys don't want to do off-season workouts again. Like, just show up to the facility, work out. Like, a lot of these teams are doing these workout bonuses and contracts, so people show up and work out. Like, they can still do the meetings virtually, but they have to go to their facility to work out. I don't know how much you've heard about this with the NFL, the battles between the NFL and the NFLPA. Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, so basically there was a, an agreement because obviously, you know, last year they did a virtual offseason because of uh, COVID and everything. But then now with vaccines being readily available in the United States, um, teams being vaccinated, people in the training facilities being vaccinated, they're saying like, hey, um, you can come and train. But then I think the NFLPA is kind of like 
using COVID as an excuse not to go work out at the facility. I think they, these guys kind of want to do their own thing or the vets just don't want to show up and they just want to like kind of, you know, do their own thing in the off season. So we'll see where it goes, but I feel like the NFLPA is starting to have buyer's remorse when it comes to that bargaining agreement, which they signed, which for people listening, I want to reiterate, if it weren't for that bargaining agreement, the league would not be making $110 billion starting in 2023. Because I, I do firmly believe that if they don't they did not sign a CBA last year, that um, they don't get the TV deal done. Because I think Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, like they knew what they had to do when it get knew what they had to do when it came to that TV money. Which I don't know about you, but I think that TV deal is a win win for the league and the fans. Oh, TV deals in general. That's 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 what it is. Like, that's yes. that's the revenue. That's where the money comes from. That's why they were so good. Especially in today's day and age where there's no crowds or anything like that. TV revenue. Money. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, too, that I wanted to talk about, which I've talked about a lot on here. So the NFL apparently has announced partnerships with Caesars, DraftKings, and FanDuel all to be their official sports books. So for those of you who still are a little eerie on gambling, it's it's not going away, folks. Sports betting is here to stay. I just hope they don't change the format because, like, you know, I used to, I used to be, like, heavy into DraftKings. And uh, I, I just hope, like, the the more they, the, you know, how they work closer with them and they start to kind of dictate how it's played. I hope they don't do that, man, because, like, DraftKings used to be fun when I used to be heavy into it. Yeah, no, no, I get that. I, I hope they don't do it too either. Like, I was talking to Danny recently on here, and he was telling me how apparently for the state of New York, you can make a legal bet, but you have to go to a casino. Like, you can't just do it on your phone. I mean, I, and I and I hate that, man, like. Well, never mind. I don't. I don't want to get into gambling right now. But <laughs> I have a unique take on gambling. I feel like it's just not. It's not that deep. Uh, it's all good. It, um, it, it's not that. It's not that deep unless you're involved in whatever you're gambling in. It's really not that. It's not that serious. Exactly. Um. But the one big thing too I wanted to address with you quickly was the. You know, we talked about Devonte Smith. Yeah. I still think he's gonna go top ten. And I did a mock draft on WordPress about a week or two ago. I'm trying to remember how long it was. But I had him go into the Panthers. But you, since you live in the area, do you know gauges on, like, what, where both teams are going to go? Because, like, even – I've heard stuff like Trey Lance, like, is a rumored target for them, which I'm just like, if the, if the Panthers want to cause chaos, be my guess. But that's – man, the Panthers are such a weird franchise. Like, you don't – I, I don't know where they're going. Well, before, the, before the Darnold trade, I thought for sure they were going to take a QB. I, th- I thought they were going to take best available. Nah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they. I think they probably would just end up going receiver with like uh, the best available, whether it be Smith or Waddle or whoever. Yeah, exactly. I think wh- whoever's there, they're going to take. Like even the same thing too with the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like you know what they could get a quarterback, but if they wanted, say they got Justin Fields at four, and they wanted to start Fields next year, and they want to get rid of Matt Ryan. The dead cap situation for them would be terrible, even though they yeah. just structured his contract. So like. They're, unless Arthur Blank wants a quarterback, I think they're going Kyle Pitts. Well, everyone should. Well, I don't want to say too much, <laughs> but I'll just I'll say this: a lot of people should think about Kyle Pitts. I'll just say that. A lot yeah. of people should do that. Yeah, like I'm just looking at the Atlanta Falcons, and if they added him in, it's just this weird like flex of who really knows what they're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like I, I just feel like with the NFC South, like I think everyone expects Tampa to be the lead dog, 
Um, New Orleans, you know what, they're going to be there, but they'll probably be a wild card. And then I feel like with Atlanta, you don't know what you're going to get. I feel like they could be great or they could be bad. No, I think that's a bad team, but <laughs> I think that's a bad team. <laughs> like if you had to say a record, like what, four wins again, or do you think they could get five or six? I mean, probably four or five or something like that, but yeah, I don't think it's a good team. Yeah, I know. They, they they have it's so weird though. Like they have all these weapons. Like they have Hayden Hurst, Calvin Ridley, obviously is their probably gonna be their number one going forward, and then they still have Julio Jones, who's a fantasy darling. So it's like you want to figure out exactly where the hell did they go wrong. I have no idea. Yeah, you know what? I have no idea too. Um quickly before, I was gonna say I could ask you some uh eagle questions, but I feel like you wanna wait until next week. Oh no, no, we can talk about the Eagles. What you what you want to ask me? All right, what cool. should they do? What should what? they <laughs> yeah. ask? What? what do you what do you think is going on in that mind of Howie Roseman? I think that he wants to do something big, so I think they're probably going to try and trade. I think they're probably going to try and package something for a name. I really believe that. Because I highly doubt they're just going to try. I'm not saying they're going to trade for what well, it might, but I just don't believe they're going to they're try the, the core of this roster out with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen, man. Because, <laughs> like, that, to me, that's a slap in the face to all of us. If you just kind of keep the score the same and just, like, just try it back out there, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think he's going to try and make some sort of splash and get, like, a game changer. And, you know, damn, damn, you know what I'm saying? Fit be damned. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles, too, like, it's the same thing, too. You guys know, no matter who you draft, it's it's going to be a growing pains here for the Eagles. Like, it's the first year of the rebuild. Like, Oh, oh, oh. We are going to be the worst team in football next year. You mean worse than Houston? I truly believe that, yeah. I, I, I truly believe that. It'll yeah. be the worst team in football. The one thing I don't understand, though, is the whole – You know what? You know what? You know what? Because all the, all, the Houston, all the Houston's a mess. Don't get me wrong. They are a mess. I don't think the cupboard is bare there. I think the cupboard is bare in Philly. The other thing, like, I believe like, we, we got nothing. We got, we got nothing. The other thing, <laughs> We too, got nothing. The other thing, too, with the Eagles I was going to say is I don't understand why there's people saying, oh, hey, they should draft a quarterback. I'm like, no. You want to piss your fans off? You draft another quarterback. See what Jalen has this year, and if it doesn't work out after year three, do what the Denver Broncos may do and then be in the quarterback conversation. Unless you tell me there's a clear path for us to get one of these top three guys without decimating everything. I mean, unless you tell us this. Tell me there's something they can package. You get one of these top three guys without, like, having to, you know, well, the cupboard is bare, so I guess not. But, like, if someone's like, hey, we'll, you know, if you give us this, we'll give you one of the top three guys, then I'll be with it. But, like, if not, no, don't do it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's just weird with them. Like, the look, like, 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 if you, like oil and everything, but you don't know. If you tell me by, like, luck, we can get someone like Zach Wilson, you know what I mean? <laughs> then, yeah. Absolutely, but if that's not the case, don't draft Kobe. Don't draft QB. Yeah, like if you guys had stood put at six, I would understand it. But at twelve, it's like I don't know. Like you, you guys potentially could be dealing with a team that could want to trade up to like see if a quarterback falls, like I don't know Pittsburgh or even Washington. Exactly. Yeah. Um. One prospect I wanted to talk to you about quickly was uh, 
Caleb Farley, just because obviously coming off the back surgery and the opt-out, he's another guy for some reason that's been falling down draft boards. I remember at one point he could go top 10, like a top 10 or 15. Now he's like, could probably won't go to the 20s. I feel like he's, he's a he lot can't, of potential. He, can't, he couldn't stay in games, man. Like, you know what I mean? He, he couldn't stay in games. The dude, either he would get hurt or he would get gassed, man. Like, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like those receivers at Clemson, they work him. They used to work him all the time, man. He used to destroy him. Just destroy him. Yeah, he, he just can't. Like, like, don't get me wrong. In terms of skill, elite. You know what I mean? But I know from watching this dude, like, he just he can't stay on the field. I understand. And the other one, too, I wanted to ask you about is um, where do you see Christian Darisaw landing? Like, what number? Um, I mean, like, let's see. I, who, who's picking, like, in the middle of the pack? Let's see. I can see, like, like Miami middle. at 18 going to the yeah. Big Rats, boys. Yeah, like, mid-first round. I mean, he's great. He's the best player on the team, which was the problem with the team. So, <laughs> he's the best player on the team. Yeah, when your best player is an offensive lineman, you're not usually good, even though I I love the Enter Sandman intro from Virginia Tech down in Blacksburg. Oh, hey, hey, I'm telling you, it, bucket list stuff. You got to be in that crowd when that's happening. I'm telling you, it's incredible. I think the two bucket like I was at, I was at the, uh, what was that, the Miami game in 2011 when we, uh, when we upset them. I think that was 2011. The kid would know. I believe that was 2011, but I was there. And, yeah, that was yeah, that was great. We'll ask him next week. Um, my two big college football ones right now to do their bucket list is that and the whiteout game at Penn State. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know absolutely. Penn State's not the best anymore, but, I, like, not the best, but I know ever since their scandal, they haven't really been that good. But I feel like still just to be a part of that crowd, I feel like it would be something amazing. Yeah, I, I, I want to go there, too. I definitely want to go there. Yeah. And I feel like I got to add Blacksburg to the list. I want to do Michigan. I just got to wait for these damn borders to open up so I can do more trips. Oh, yeah, it was 2011. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. October 8th, 2011. Yep. Where the end of Sandman, they, they looped it twice. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one. Because it was the first time we beat them in a while. Even though it wasn't really an upset, we were the better team. But this is the first time we beat them in a while. I remember. I understand. Um, anyway, one activity I wanted to do with you quickly, because obviously you're an NFC, uh, your team's in the NFC. I did this with Danny a few weeks ago where we did the AFC. I wanted to go over the N- NFC win totals for each, like the win totals for each NFC team. And then you, I want us to both say if we think it's going to be over, or under, or even at that total. Is that something you're cool with? In the NFC? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Uh, first up, we're going to do the North. I have the Green Bay Packers at ten and a half. I think it's going to be over that. Yeah, it's still a good. It's still a really good team. Like, I mean, they were uh, bad coaching, and Aaron Rodgers not trusting his legs away from the Super Bowl. So, yeah, exactly. That's all. Like, I literally remember watching that third and goal, being like, "You should have ran. You had an open lane. Even if you get to the two and get tackled, you still have a chance on to punch it in." I- I really just think he thinks he can't do that anymore. And maybe he's right. I don't know. But I, I think he feels like he can't do that anymore. Because if you notice, he's been doing that a lot more. He does not run as much as he used to. Exactly. And I love all the people, too, who it's just like, oh, hey, there's a chance he's not on the team next year or this or that. I'm like, I'm not him. You should be worried about it if you're Packer fans. It's it's Devontae Adams. He's a free agent next year. Oh, I think he's gone. 
Yeah, I think I mean, someone's going to give them a, like because that's the thing with this year's free agency class. Obviously, the cap numbers down due to COVID. With the with the new TV deal and the CBA kicking in, that price is going to go up. Plus, two, they're going to have fans and seats this year. The TV money, betting money, concessions, all that stuff. The CBA is going up, so he's going to get a big payday come to, to 2022. Excuse me. Yeah, but if he sells it, they're going to win that division. Probably win 12 or 13 games. Like, he's, come on. Sam yeah. Rogers, what are we doing? Yeah. They're going to – it's an easy bet. Um, next one up, Minnesota Vikings at eight and a half. Ooh. Um, I, I'm going to stay over. I'm going to say around nine or ten. I'm it's an odd number of year. I'm going to stay over. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go over just because, look, it's an odd number of year. I think – I still believe that last year the Vikings took it easy because, look, Cousins got extended. Um, I think I don't know if Dalvin Cook got a contract, but, like, Cousins got his extension. Mike Zimmer was extended. Rick Spielman was extended. But I feel like this year ownership's going to kind of have a little bit of a fire lit underneath them saying, guys, look, we got to produce or you're gone. Because Mike Zimmer has been there since 2014, I want to say, and he hasn't done – like, obviously he made it to the one NFC Championship game, but besides that it's always – Good year, bad year, good year, bad year. So, hey, I guess we're due for a good year. I didn't notice that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, because like, in the in the even number of years, they'll always finish like 7-9. and nine, Or it'll be like, I remember a few years ago, I think it was week 18 where, no, week 18, that's this year. Week 17, they lost to like the Bears when the Bears were crap. And it was basically a meaningless game for Chicago, but it was winning your in for uh, the Vikings and they would lose. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that team, next up, the Chicago Bears at seven. Oh, that's even. That's about even. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't even know what, like, what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. That's that's the thing, by the way, I want to say with the draft. Part of me was just conditioned to believe that, and I don't know if you heard this tonight, but there was reports coming out that Chris Greer is potentially going to shop number six. Part of me thinks that. I don't know. What if Ryan Pace comes calling and says, hey, Hey Chris, here's three first round picks for number six, and but apparently Pace was told by Bears executives you're not allowed to mortgage our future anymore. So we'll see what happens. But I'm just mind conditioned to believe that the Bears are gonna do something stupid on draft night. But they they, they their biggest need to me is quarterback. That's what That's happens. The biggest they suck need. And you know what I think they did? I think they they hesitated, and when they didn't get Russell Wilson, when Seattle said no to that offer, where apparently it was three firsts, a second, and like two players, which I think one was Kyle Fuller, and the other was I think Akeem Hicks. Which is which is a hefty package, but I don't blame the Seahawks for turning it down. You don't trade one of the five best QBs in football for nothing. I mean, I'm not saying that's nothing, but I mean, essentially, that's nothing. For what he would add to the Bears. Exactly. Um, and last but not least is the Lowly Lions at five. Um, I don't think they're that bad, man. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I don't, I, don't think they're, I don't think they're five wins bad. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say even. I think the Lions, like, I think, you know what, they're going to they're gonna win a divisional game. Like, they're going to beat Chicago, and then they're going to have a couple of those games where – you don't expect them to win, and then they win. Kind of like what, oh, I don't know, the New York Jets did with the Rams. Something like that, you know? 
They they they, they catch the team off by surprise. I think they'll get six, man. Seven being optimistic. I don't think they're five wins, man. Man, I, I just don't. Even them too. They're another team. Everybody's saying quarterback. I'm like, look, you obviously have the golf contract, which is a lot. Ride it out. See what Jared's capable of. And then you know what? If he sucks, then next year, like, there's all these teams where I'm like, look, you could be looking for a quarterback now. I still think they should be waiting a year. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's like I said, I think everybody's just so infatuated with this year's quarterback class that they have to go get someone. And even if all these dudes are good, not all these dudes are going to save your franchise. We do know that. So, like, just, just chill. Just wait. Exactly. Um, if it were up to me, though, I still feel like the uh, Lions should go either with an offensive weapon or a lineman. That's just me, though. Uh, yeah, they, I think they should go lineman. I think they should yeah. go lineman. In my mock, like, I have like, like when, when you're when you're when you're bad. To me, when you when you're bad, I feel like the thing that will keep you in any game is offensive and defensive line. So, like, when you're when you're just a bad team, go offensive or defensive line. Unless it's, like, a can't-miss QB. You know what I mean? Then go offensive, defensive line. Exactly. Because that, that will keep you in any game. And then the better you get there, get skills players, and then there you go. Let's go from there. Yeah. Like, even, too, with wide receiver, like, I feel like everybody's, like, so infatuated with getting, like, you know, like, Jamar Chase or Waddle or Smith, where it's, like, there's guys day two and day three who are going to be good. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like, I and, love the people, and too. And one of these dudes are going to be bad. Like, one of these guys, in the fr- they're going to be bad. It happens every year. Like, look at last year with, like, Henry Ruggs, for example. Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I know, I know you, I'm just playing. But yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I Like, I love the people who go, like, oh, Travis Kelsey, why wasn't he drafted in the first round? It's like, well, he no one knew he was capable of being an all-pro tight end when he first came out of the draft in 2013. And he shouldn't have been. He couldn't catch. Like, yeah. he, he became this guy. He wasn't this guy. Now, the Gronk thing, Gronk dropping the way he did, that kind of bugged me. I was like, bro, like, I saw it all. I was like, bro, I didn't see him becoming the greatest tight end of all time. But I was like, yeah, you put him on the right team, that dude. That, you, it was there. I don't get why he was – that one was weird to me. But, yeah, Kelsey, absolutely. Yeah, like, the, even all that – He, 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 was, he, he had no hands at all, like, he, at all. Yeah, though I will say this, though, 2013, in my opinion, still is one of the worst drafts of all time. 2013, who's number one in that draft? Eric Fisher. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was bad and then Luke Jokel went second. Yeah, that was a bad one. That was a bad yeah. one. I'm, I'm, you know, before we get to the NFC South, I just wanted to look at the – I got to look up this top ten from that draft just to see. Like, I know, like, they had D-Hop and Kelsey come out, but the top ten was – oh, here we go. Um – Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, Dion Jordan, three to Miami, Lane Johnson, Ezekiel Ansah, Barkevius Mingo, Jonathan Cooper, Tavon Austin, D. Milner, and Chance Warmack. A lot of those dudes had good seasons, but they didn't have good careers. <laughs> like Ziggy Ansah and, and who else you say? You said uh, Chance Warmack. Who else you said? Five offensive linemen. I also said, like, obviously, Fisher and Johnson. Like, Johnson's probably the best player out of that top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lane Johnson's good if he can stay on the field. He's good. Yeah. Like, even looking to, like, the first quarterback off the board was E.J. Manuel. Like, bro, come on. And he was a meme for me. There was <laughs> He was a meme because everybody knew how much I killed him. And every, every time he played good, I re- remember the Ask FM gimmick. You remember that gimmick? 
The what? Which gimmick? The Ask a Film gimmick. It was like a little app you could use. People could ask you anonymous questions. Not really. Oh, no. but yeah. Danny used to go in there and fuck with me about EJ Manuel every week when he played well. <laughs> but he was so bad that every time he played well, like, you're going to admit you were wrong about EJ Manuel <laughs> every week. Ask him about it. He'll tell you. Uh, well, I will. Um, but, like, yeah, Travis Kelsey was a third-round pick. And even Tyron Matthew was third round. Le'Veon Bell was the second. And then DeAndre Hopkins was 27. But even two of this draft, like, like for example, Bjorn Warner was taken 24th by the Colts. Uh, like, I'm looking at some of these guys. Like, there is not a lot of – oh, Geno Smith, 39th overall to the Giants uh, – to the Jets, excuse me. This was a bad quarterback here. Like, the next, like, I don't even, let's just see. Uh, like, there is, like, no good, like, I'm scrolling, and I haven't even found a third quarterback yet off this board. This is unbelievable. Oh, the third quarterback taken at 73rd was Mike Glennon. Matt Barkley at 98th to your Eagles. Yeah, that um, that that didn't work out well. But his whole career was just ruined by Lane Kiffin. Oh. <laughs> Lane Kiffin ruined his life, killed his you, confidence. USC too has like this, like had this stigma with the quarterbacks. Like obviously Carson Palmer was a bit of a uh, exemption, but like after him, it was like Matt Leinart and then Matt Barkley, from what I remember. Yeah, the liner thing I was just wrong about. But, like, Bar- Barkley did have the skills, man. Like, it was there. Like, Lane Kiffin put him out there to die that year, and he kept getting hurt, and he was never the same physically. He had he had all the tools, though. Yeah, and then after Kiffin, I believe, was Sarkeesian, but that's when Sarkeesian was really dealing with his battles with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah, like, yeah, like, Big, Big, Big Rat was telling me that, like, apparently he was showing up drunk to, like, the practices and games and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He came to um, he came to uh, the last USC game of the season drunk as hell. Yeah. Jesus. All right. So back onto a happier note. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at eleven and a half. Yeah, probably more than that. Because I think that division is going to be bad. So probably more than that. Yeah, like you know what? I feel like this is a year where obviously Tom always wants to win, but I feel like. I think, like, last year, you know how the Bucs faced adversity? I don't know if people are going to expect them to face that. I feel like everyone's going to think they're good. So, if they lose, I feel like, say, for example, if they're, like, 2-2 two and two after four weeks. I feel like, you know how everyone, when the Patriots were, like, 1-2, and two, they would be like, oh, my God, this team's done. I can't believe this. And then they would just turn around, fuck, up, fuck around, and win a Super Bowl. I feel like that's the same thing as the Buccaneers. Yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah. And then, next up, we have the Saints at 9. Oh, uh, no Drew Brees. Most of that team's intact for the most part. Um, You know what? Let's say even. Let's say even. Yeah, like I feel like they're going to be in that like five to eight or nine range where they're either at a wild card spot or they're, they just miss. They're, they're going to be a competitive team this year, but not a good one. You know what they're going to be like? They're going to be like the Chargers, except I think they win a couple of those games that they, like, Yeah, yeah you know, that they lost, yeah. Yeah. 
like they kind of have those like they're gonna have a lot of those like close i feel like like say for example 35 to like 28 or like 30 to 27 kind of games yeah yeah i can see that yeah and then next up we have the panthers at seven and a half i I don't know man (laughs) um nobody can stay healthy they always hurt so um i'm gonna say less i'm gonna say less yeah, like that's the one thing I love about this team is where it's just like, oh, yeah, the other because, like, yeah, remember, Christian McCaffrey had an unhealthy 2020. DJ Moore's a very good wide receiver, and they still have Robbie Anderson, which I think Darnold and Anderson are going to shine. And I'll say this, if Darnold somehow is better than when he was in the Jets, Adam Gates should never be allowed to coach in this league again. Yeah, I agree with that. If he's, uh, if he's good, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just don't have hopes for it because, like, the, like Big Rat was saying a few weeks ago, how Darnold at his worst was not Tannehill at his worst. Tannehill at his worst was a lot better than Darnold's worst. Like, like me, and, me and the kid have talked about it, that um, Darnold got drafted off mainly intangibles, not skill. You know what I mean? And, and, and which is why I don't get the comparisons to Zach Wilson. We're not going to get into that. But, uh, like, he got drafted because of his intangibles when he was in college. But, like, the skill set was never there. I don't understand it. I don't get why people – I don't get I, it. But. I think it's, like, the same thing, too. Like, look at that quarterback class where it was, like, you had Baker Mayfield and then Darnold, Allen, Rosen, and then Jackson where, look, everyone thought Baker Mayfield, like, this hawk commodity coming out of Oklahoma. And then you had Darnold coming out of USC. Like, the same thing, too, the USC sig- the stigma – and then you had Rosen coming on saying, "Oh, there's three, uh, four guys, you know, three guys drafted before me. I got to prove why I'm better than all of them." When in reality, no, you were not. <laughs> yeah, that's just, just man. That, tw- that 2018 and Ro- quarterback first round. Ro- Rosen, Rosen was weird because like he was one of the most hype high school quarterbacks of all time. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about him when he was in high school. Um, and, yeah. and and his first what two years at US at uh, UCLA, he was great. To be as young as he was, he was playing amazing. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think he was just thrown into a bad situation. Like, I think Steve Wilk should have never been the head coach of the Cardinals that year. And then I love it when Cliff comes in and then it's just like, Josh is our quarterback. And we're all looking at him like, Cliff, no, he's not. <laughs> like, it's like with Darnold this year, how Robert Sala comes in. It's just like, hey, Sam's our quarterback. And we like, no, you're taking Zach. We all know it. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go for the Panthers, though. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say under. I think they finish with six. I think I think they're going to be like uh, the same team as last year where, you know what? Hey, they may win another game or two, but I think they're going to be in top. They're going to lose a lot of those heartbreakers. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That team, something bad. They have the worst luck of any team in the NFL, I think. Them are the Dolphins. Yeah. Like, you know, with spreads and everything, I've, I always say this because I found it fascinating. Like, on another note, I just wanted to bring this up quickly. Did you know that the Panthers, not the Panthers, the Jaguars and the Chiefs were both 7-9 and nine against the spread last year? No, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> one team and one team was playing in the Super Bowl. The other has the first pick in the draft. <laughs> I didn't know that. And, well, because one of those things, too, is because I remember I bet – I remember uh, when it was Carolina, Kansas City, it was a huge spread. I think it was like 13 points for Kansas City. So I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to take it. And the Panthers lost by a point. Hey, man, that, that, that's the risk you run. Yep. It's the and game you play, man. 
Exactly. And last but not least, I think I know where you're going, but we have the Atlanta Falcons at seven. Oh, that's worse. It definitely will be worse than that. Yeah, you know what? I, I, like, I like Arthur Smith, but I feel like unless Matt Ryan, like, comes out and has this unbelievable year, I just do not see it. I think that's under. I think they're, I think they're going to win five. I think they go five and 12. Like, unless you want, unless you think Matt Ryan is going to be EVP Ryan all of a sudden, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> all right, moving on to the best division, that's Markeem's division, the NFC East, oh, folks. Jesus. The Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half. Uh, I'm gonna say over, man. I, I I think that uh Dak will be healthy, and I think they're the best team in that division when Dak is healthy. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's about who they draft. Because look, they need defense. If they do not take a defender in the first round, like I don't know what to say. But I'm gonna go even with the nine. I feel like that's where they finish. Like I think they, have, I think they have potential to either win the division or be a wild card team. I don't think they miss the playoffs this year. I think it just depends on Dak's health and also, too, a big thing, how Zeke plays this year because Zeke had a horrible 2020. Well, that's because Dak wasn't playing. They they feed off each other, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like when, when, Zeke was, when Zeke would be hurt and Dak would play, he'd struggle and vice versa. There's a perfect run pass, like, you know, tandem in the league, like in the whole league. Yeah. And uh, I think both of them would be healthier this year. I think they're going to win, like, 11 games. And I hate the Cowboys. I only say under because I don't like them at all either. Um, next up is the football team at eight. That seems a little high, doesn't it? That seems a bit. Um, I feel like everybody's a little high on them just because it's like, oh, look, here comes the match. Uh, like, they did get better, though. Like they did. Add, I did like them adding Curtis Samuel, and I did like the addition of uh, William Jackson in the secondary. Eight wins, though. It just seems kind of high, man. Um, it'll be less, but I don't think much less. Like, six to seven wins. I don't think yeah. Eight. Yeah, I see that, too. And then that brings us to the New York Giants, who are at seven, actually. I think I think that's about even. I think they're, I think they're actually better than the, uh, than the football team this year. My only thing with them, though, is if Daniel Jones is willing to take that next step. You know, I'm not saying he's going to come out here and have a a case for MVP, but if he can be consistent, like I said earlier, and win some games and, you know, not turn the ball over as much, I think he's going to earn his next contract. Limit the hero ball, limit the turnovers, and he's a good quarterback. It's, It's a mental thing. Like, limit the hero ball, limit the turnovers, and he's fine. Exactly. The other big thing, too, with him as well is, um, or not him, but the team is uh, how healthy Saquon Barkley is. Because I don't know if you saw us, but Wayne Gallman signed with the uh, 49ers. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw. So we'll see I don't think he'll have another debilitating injury. I think he'll be relatively fine. Oh, no, no, no. I don't either. I'm just saying I want to see how Saquon bounces back from the ACL injury. I think he'll be fine. It's just sometimes you never know. Yeah. 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 That's true. And then we got the birds at six and a half. Oh, less, less. It's terrible. <laughs> I love how quickly you were just to say that. Like, it's, just, it's terrible. Yeah. Awful team. It's not even like holding back or like trying to fight it. No, it's just like, oh no, no, we suck. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough year, man. I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm gonna go under too. I think you know what? They're just 
it's not even heartbreak. I feel like there's going to be there. They'll like steal a few, but I feel like it's just yeah. There's going to be some games where it's just like you got to remind yourself who this team really is. Exactly. It's going to be a hard year, man. <laughs> right. And last but last but not least is the Los Angeles Rams, which I was going to talk about the Aaron Donald situation in Pittsburgh, but apparently the guy came out and said it was bullshit. Not him getting beat up, but the fact that it wasn't Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I was going to say, too, I feel like... If, you're say, trying... like, like, if you got beat up by Aaron Donald, I don't know you'd be able to tell the story. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know if you'd be... I know, like, you look at him and he's just like... He's a, a monster of a human being. Yeah, like, I don't know why anyone would try to antagonize a fight with a, that mountain of a man anyway. Yeah, that's how, it's not, it, I knew it wasn't him. I was like, this guy's lying. Yeah. So, with the Rams, they're at ten and a half. Uh, I, 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 hmm, hmm. I got Mark Hume thinking here. Go, go to the next team. Go to the next team. We'll go back to them. All right, cool, cool. Um, we have the San Francisco 49ers also at 10 and a half. That's, that's, that's high. That's, that's high, man. Um, who's going to start? Who's going to play? Who's going to start? Who's playing quarterback? You know what? I think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, but then I feel like eventually he's going to get himself hurt, and then Mac Jones is going to go in, and then it's just no turning back from there. But I still think that – I feel like this team is like, hey, you know what? We're a healthy quarterback away from a Super Bowl, but then it's just like I I think they're going to be a wild card team at best this year. I mean, they lost Kittle and Jimmy G. They lost their best offensive player and their quarterback last year. And Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah, and Nick Bosa. Yeah, I forgot about Bosa. And yeah, so. Sam- and Phil's boy from South, shout out South Carolina, but uh, Debo Samuel. You, you, you know, I, I, I'll go even. I'll go even. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, you know what? I, You know what? Yeah, the more I think about it, you know what? You're right. With the injuries aside, even, um, the only question for them really is, I actually don't know if Solomon Thomas is on the team anymore. Uh, let's, let's look real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> All right, next up is the Seattle Seahawks at nine and a half. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I think they find a way to win like 10. I'm going to go over. I feel like they're just, they're that pesky team. Like, you know the 2019 when the Eagles were five and seven and then Wentz just decided to turn it on and then win four in a row and they made the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the the Seahawks are going to be the same thing where it's like, you know, it's late in the year. They're like, let's say six and eight. They got to win out to get in at nine and eight, and they do it. All right. As of right now, Thomas is still a Niner. Okay. As of, as of this moment. One of the biggest fleecings in NFL draft history. Have you ever seen the video? Are you talking about how John Lynch pretty much uh, baited them into yeah. trading all that stuff because they thought he was going to take the one of the worst fucking number two overall picks in history? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Because I remember that. I may watch that tonight after this just because. But, yeah, so what happened was, um, for those of you who haven't listened, I'm going to repeat it. So, obviously, Peter King, who was, by the way, dream guest to have on YWC Football Talk, was um, – following Lynch for the draft. And I remember they were in the war room, and it was just like, you know what? We're taking Thomas. And, but they're like, hey, watch this. And then he ended up trading away. The, they, the, um, for the number two pick, they got the third pick, 
I think a third rounder, 105th overall, and like I think another fifth or sixth rounder. All for just Mitch Trubisky, man. They could have gotten Mitch at third. He would have been there. They weren't taking fucking <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, man. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. It's so funny to watch that. Which, by the way, obviously, I know I don't think Peter King would ever be on here, but I would just love to pick his brain. Hey, man, don't say that. Dream big, man. Dream you know, big. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to – fuck it. I'm dreaming big. That's what I got to do here. Get, and, get, and, get, get Mel Kuyper and Todd Michelle here, man. Why not? Shit, go for it all. <laughs> I, would ra- I, I, I respect their opinion. I just feel like everybody takes their, like, Mel's draft advice as, like, the Holy Bible. Like, you know, where it's just, like, this sacred document whenever Mel releases a mock draft. Like, the more I've looked into it, I prefer the guys, like, from NFL Network, like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. All right, I, I'm going to tell you the thing with Mel, right? Like, the thing with Mel is that years ago, years and years ago, when Ricky Williams, nobody knew who Ricky Williams was, he said that name, and then we saw what he became. And then even before that, like, he, he's good at that. Like, he's been doing this shit for, like, what, like, it's been, like, 30 years now. And, like, yeah. he'll, 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 he'll know of a guy that no one knows of, and then, like, everyone will know of that guy. You know what I mean? He's great at that. He's, but as far as, like, picking who's going to pick where, man, he's terrible at that. So, <laughs> he's terrible at that. Yeah, but he's like the he's like the Gabe Sapolsky of discovering people. He's great at oh, that. Oh, good lord. <laughs> uh, like this year, too, like, he finally did some trade-ups in his mock draft. And, like, I don't know why, but I, I watch Get Up clips every morning just to see, like, what are they saying. And every time I watch it, I'm like, that's where I got the script thing from. Because, like, I feel like Mike Greenberg just sees his mock draft and it's like, Oh, this is like the greatest thing ever, you know? Like it's just Yeah. Man, I got I have some gripes against Greenberg. I feel like he never gives his opinion. It's always like, Oh, I'm doing this, but it's like this happened, but Markeem, what do you think about it? It's just never his opinion. I wanna like Mike, give your opinion, man. Well well, he's not supposed to. Not on get up, he's not supposed to. That's not his position. I know that. It's just I wish sometimes he would. Like he, he's like Molly. he's not even like Molly. I feel like Molly will just say something and then Stephen A will just go on a tangent and interrupt her. Meanwhile with him He's always just delegating, but I get that's what the host studio is. Oh, I, I hate Molly Carroll. I can't stand her, man. <laughs> oh, I just need her to be quiet sometimes. Just listen. It's all good. So for Seattle, we're both saying uh, you went over, right? Yeah, just one over though. I went ten. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do even for Seattle, and then next up is the Arizona Cardinals eight. Uh. It should be more. It it should be more, but I, I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna say less. I'm gonna say less. It should be more. You that know team, what? I'm... That team is good enough to actually win the fucking division. I really believe that. I think, I think the problem. That... I think the problem is Kyler Murray is never healthy, and I'm gonna call it like I see it. Cliff Kingsbury. Although I don't think it's all his fault. Um. Same thing at Texas Tech. He's an underachiever. I mean, he's a he's a he's a smart guy that is a habitual underachiever. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm gonna say less. You know what? I I get where you're coming from with that though, because like, look, I think he's a good coach. I just think, look, he's not shooting for the stars. Like, and that's the other thing too with that team, man. Steve Kime is like Teflon. Like, he's been with the organization since the late '90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
it's weird. Like, Steve Kahn, like, even too, um, before we go back to the Rams decision, I got to look up the Arizona Cardinals first round draft history because until 2019, they had one of the first. Uh, but yeah, they, they were jo- they were joking with franchise. They still are to an extent. But... Like I gotta read you like the last ten years. I just gotta find it. Uh, oh, right here. All right. So, 2010 was Patrick Peterson, which that's a good. I'd say it's a pretty good one. And then Michael Flo- Michael Floyd, Jesus, Jonathan Cooper, Jesus. Dion, Dion Buchanan. Who is, Who is that? I don't even know who that is. Safety from Washington State. I don't even know who that is. Um, DJ Humphreys. Okay. Not good, uh, but okay. I know DJ Humphreys, like, as a rookie, wasn't the best, but he got better as he got towards his second contract. Like, I think he's still with the Cardinals. Okay. Uh, and then Robert and, and Kim D.J.? I think I oh, Robert, Robert, Robert Kim Dietschy. Robert Kim Dietschy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Hassan Reddick. Who is that? Hassan Reddick. He's the linebacker that just signed with the Carolina Panthers. Who is that? He was at a temple. Who is that? Who is I can't. Can't put the face with the name. He had that four or five sack game against the Giants last year. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Josh Rosen, and then obviously his last two were pretty good with Kyler Murray and Isaiah Simmons. But even before then, it was 2010, Dan Williams out of Tennessee, Beanie Wells out of Ohio State, and then Dominique Rogers Cromartie out of Tennessee State. Now, I will say this, to be fair to uh, B.D. Wells. He kept getting hurt, man. He kept getting hurt, to be fair to him. And believe it or not, he was the probably the best quarterback, I mean quarterback, probably the best running back coming into that draft. Also, by the way, um, the so ignore what I said about Peterson and Michael Floyd because Steve Kine became a, a GM in 2013, so Jonathan Cooper on, so... Cooper, Buchanan, Humphreys, and D.J., Reddick, Rosen, Murray, and Simmons are all his. That's that's so bad. That's so bad. Yeah, it's not like like I said, I'm, up until like two years ago, not a good track record for first round picks. Jesus, like, D- that's D- so bad. Like D.J. out of the league, Jonathan Cooper out of the league, Buchanan out of the league. Humphrey still with the Cardinals, Reddick with the Panthers, Rosen on the Niners still, and then Murray and Simmons obviously still with the Cardinals. So we'll see what happens there, but, man, the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like they're either very good or they're very bad. Like, there's been time, like, obviously, like, they had the Super Bowl runs with Kurt Warner, but then they fizzled, and then they had the almost Super Bowl run with Carson Palmer, and then ever since then, they haven't been able to make the playoffs. But they're, they're mostly bad. They're, they're usually yeah. a bad team. Yeah. But I will say this, though. One of the greatest rants in NFL history came from that franchise. What? God rest his soul, but the Bears are who oh, we thought. Oh, yeah, Bears are who we thought they were. You want to crown them? Go ahead and crown them, yeah. yeah. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. One of the greatest post-game rants ever. 
Like, you even look at that game, they were like, oh, it's just something else. Um, so, going to go back to it, the uh, L.A. Rams at 10.5, where are you going? All right, All right. yeah, I'll, I'll go over. I'll go over. You know what? Logic, I... logic, logic tells me they'll be better. Because, like, yo, they uh, they upgraded probably their most their biggest hindrance, which is their offense, and they upgraded at the most explosive position with – you know, potentially one of the most explosive arms in the league. So, yeah, you know, I'm you know what's going to happen this year with them? Everyone's going to be like, "Oh my God, where's where was this Matt Stafford all along?" And it's just like, well, you know what happens when you put shitty coaching and a shitty organization around them? You finally get them into a good organization. You see what happens? Yeah, yeah. Like he honestly, if I really wish that the NFL and like other leagues had like the NBA's most improved player award. Not saying yeah. that he would get it this year, but like he's gonna have a breakout season. He's gonna have. Like, I think he's gonna be that. You know how last year everyone was crowning Russell Wilson MVP before like week seven. Yep, I feel like that potentially could be Matt Stafford this year. Very possible. Yeah, yeah, and um, the only yeah, thing yeah, I think he's, probably, he's probably a lock for comeback player of the year. Probably a lot. Probably yeah. Alive. Oh, and the other thing I'll say too is I did like them adding Deshaun Jackson in. I know you have mixed emotions about him because you're obviously an Eagles fan, but I think you know what for a slot role or just to go down and get catch a few deep balls a game, I think it's a good addition. Oh yeah, as a supplemental piece, I always thought he was incredible, regardless of how I feel about him personally. You know, I'm able yeah. I'm able to do that. I can separate person from skill. Like he's he's always a great supplemental piece to have. I understand. Um, and the only other thing I want to say before we go to is, um, folks, listen to Mark Heeman. When it comes to drafting advice, do not go to guys like Charlie Castley, who had Justin Fields going 24th to the Steelers. What? Have you seen that? No. The, the two mock drafts I need you to go look up at some point and then get back to me is Charlie Castley from the NFL Network and Ryan Wilson from CB. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to show you Ryan Wilson's mock draft right now. Yeah, yeah let's do that right now. Let's do that. Here we go, Charlie Casserly. Let's do that right now. Okay, so... Oh, man, look at, look, I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling, and I don't see Justin Fields. What the hell? What are we doing? Whoa, 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 Justin Fields, 24 pistol. What the hell? What is wrong with this guy? What is wrong with this guy, man? Can I read he you? Kyle, he has Kyle Pitts falling all the way to y'all. There's no way. Yeah. You know, I, no do, I do that if I, like, when I'm feeling good or whatever. like I Or not feeling good. I, I do that when I'm like, you know what? I, like, want to see chaos. Also, too, I'm looking at... Um, Ryan Wilson's latest mock draft, and he has got like, oh my god! Oh, um, I'm gonna read you Ryan Wilson's mock draft though from October. This guy in his top ten, he had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Sewell going third, and then Lance Parsons, Rousseau, Sertan, Waddle, Pitts, and Farley. Jesus man! He also had uh, Sean Wade going 21st overall. There's no way Kyle Pitts makes it past pick pick six. No, no. way. 
Like, I'm looking at this guy's board right now. Like, he also had, um, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Pat, uh, Pat Fryermuth going 23rd overall to the Jags. What? Yeah. Fryermuth had a season-ending injury. Yeah, I know. Like, what? <laughs> we do it. Oh, man. Yeah, but this his latest mock draft has uh, Devonta Smith going 12th to the Eagles, so I guess that's something for you to look at. Um, I, I, I just feel like, yo, I just want them to um, draft the best player available. I don't even care the position because we need help everywhere. I really feel that way. This is a horrible team. This is oh, a horrible team, man. The other one, too, is um, Maurice Jones-Drew's mock drafts, which are hilarious. Man, I forgot he still was on uh, the NFL Network. He is J.C. Horn going 13th to the uh, to the Chargers. What? Yeah, and Najee Harris going at 18 to Miami. You know, you know when he played, I always thought he was an overrated player. And he's, I guess he's even worse at this now. <laughs> again, going to the Jets at 23. You said who? Uh, he has ETN going to the Jets at 23. That high? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why that high? I don't know, but this is the same guy, too, that has... Uh, Oh, where's the guy? I see you got Mac Jones going to y'all via trade. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can see that though. I can see that, that that's the thing. I'm gonna get I'm gonna talk about it more next week, but I feel like the only way the pa- I don't think the Patriots trade to four because I think Atlanta's gonna try to get a King's ransom for it. I think seven, eight, nine, ten is their ideal trade ups. Like anywhere because my, you know they're not going to do Miami unless they give up a lot. And Belichick's come out and said he does not want to give a lot. I think he's going to be aggressive, but I don't think he's going to be crazy aggressive to trade up. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the other thing, too, with this year. I think Bill like Bill, I think Bill likes Cam Newton. But you know what? I think if there's an option to get another quarterback for down the road, he'll do it. There's so many, there's so many people in your guys' fan base that you can't, you can't keep trying Cam Newton out there to get hurt, man. You got to do something. Exactly. Like I, for as much as like, you know what I like, I, I, I just realized too, I haven't had you on in a while with his contract. I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, okay. But then when I saw how much of it was performance based and what his base salary was, I'm like, okay, cool. Him at 5 million. I don't mind it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, a lot of his contract was incentives and all that stuff. And his new contract is fine. Like it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Like, it's not something where I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe we signed him into this. No, you know what? Him at five mil is fine. Like, look, you're not going to find quarterbacks for much cheaper. Um, and if he works this year, great. And if not, move on. It's just I think now this team wants to win, and they're going to – that's why I wouldn't mind drafting, like, Fields or Lance because, you know what, bench him for a year, have him sit behind Cam, and then, you know what, if something were to happen, Cam, you trot them out and they look good, it's just – you're hitting the jackpot even more. Like, here's the thing. Do you think that Belichick debated, debated, <laughs> developed Tom Brady? Or do you think Tom Brady uh, kind of did it himself with the help okay, of the so, coordinators and stuff? Okay, so I'm going to go into this. 
I could, because because, there's because a if that's the case, absolutely draft Lance if you think that yeah. Belichick can mold him into what he wants him to be. I think that Belichick helped mold him, but I think Brady had the work ethic to get better and to be one of the best. Because yeah. like, I'm, I'm telling you, look, I remember the year he got drafted, and I remember, <laughs> I remember coming into that draft. I remember vividly watching that combine after school, thinking like, yo, this dude isn't good at all. <laughs> I remember that vividly. Like, Tom Brady, dude's, dude's a bum. Uh, and then I remember, well, because I don't remember the time of the draft because I, I was only seven. But when he, like, I was reading the book called The Dynasty that was written about the whole, like, upbringings of the dynasty. And Belichick liked the fact that he was able to come in and just, like, he led Michigan on some great comebacks. I believe in the Orange Bowl in 2000 where, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, like, where he saw what he was able to do. And that's what really drove him. So when he was still on the boards, Belichick was like, we don't need a quarterback, but it was just to take a chance on a guy. He had a gut. It was him, and it was a uh, a quarterback's coach at the time where it was like, you know what, there's something about him. It was just there was something they saw that no one else saw. That's what it was with Tom. But yeah, like, it, it kills me. Like, I can't believe that, you know, they drafted Tom Brady so late. I'm like, bro, a lot of – anybody that says that does not remember Tom Brady in college because he was not this guy. <laughs> he was not this guy at all. Exactly. And um, the only thing I'll say, though, is, though, look, I think Belichick, whenever love everyone this year is, too, is going to talk about Belichick and Brady, if they're going to, like, you know, acknowledge each other at the sidelines after the Bucks play the Patriots. And the one thing I'll say is, I feel like, you know how there's people you work with you don't like, but you know if you two work well, you two, have, you have to do something together that you know you'll get the job done, you know it's good, and like, but at the same time, too, you, you're not friends outside of work? Yeah. That's Belichick and Brady. I, I I don't think they were I don't think they were close, but I don't think there's like hatred there, man. I think he knew I think Tom, Tom, it's clear Tom Brady knew the game, man. He knew how yeah. the game was played. It's clear. Like, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Rest his soul, Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw, um, they did not talk to each other after Terry left the Steelers. Yeah. They they fucking hated each other. And but then, that was different because there was a handshake agreement with all that. That was different. Yeah, like they, the two of them kind of admitted to the whole, look, we both know what we're capable of. Because if Terry Bradshaw played in today's NFL, he would have been out of the league very quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not – he was not good at all, man. No, he just <laughs> happened to have one of the best – one of the greatest NFL defenses of all time, an amazing offensive line led by Mike Webster – and then Hall of Fame wide receivers. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the best teams ever. Lynn Swan, and then who's the other one? Uh, Lance Allworth. Lance Allworth, and then you had Franco Harris running the ball. Yeah. And I mean, you have the steel curtain on the other side of you. Yeah. Yeah, like those. Like that's the other thing too. I like that's the one thing I love with the Steelers is the fact that they went. It's been fifty-two years, and they've had three head coaches. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, they had Chuck Knoll, and then they had Bill Cowher, and now they have Mike Tomlin. And who the hell knows? Like that—that's another team going into this draft. I think this is Ben's last year. You think so? Do you like, think- like, I—I I, it should be. It should be. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think he's in that Eli situation though, where I think he'll only play for Pittsburgh. I don't think he'll go anywhere else. It, it, last year should have been his last year. 
Oh, God, I know. Like, I think the fact, too, that he got embarrassed against the Browns, I don't think he wanted to go out that way. I think that he'll play until he feels like he's absolutely cooked. But to me, he is absolutely cooked. Uh, Marquine, have you seen the photos of him, like, running around training camp and stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah, the one yeah, where he's like, like his knees are completely bandaged and his shoulders bandaged up and like his elbow, and also too, apparently he doesn't even touch a football between like, until like June. Yeah, he did the same thing last year. Yeah, like he's just one of those guys where he's like, look, I know my position. Like, if I had to say it with him, like obviously he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer wherever he goes in. But like right now, you look at the back of his career, it's like since he won that second Super Bowl, he hasn't like he hasn't been. He went back to the one, but ever since then, he's always been trying to chase that dragon, if you will. When, when, when he retires, it's going to be a real conversation we got to have about Big Ben. Do you so, think he's uh, an honest, uh, honest conversation? Like, do you think he'll get into Canton? Or? Yeah, yeah, first ballot, absolutely. And he should, but yeah. it's still an honest conversation we got to have about him. And, and, and Eli Manning and, and Phillip Rivers. Okay, uh, I, I, since I'm going to go into this right now. Because obviously, like I said earlier, with the retired recently, Drew Brees 100% first ballot. Yeah. Absolutely. Eli, I'm going to say, Eli and Rivers, I'm both going to say second. No, no. Eli Manning will definitely get in first ballot, unfortunately. You know why I, I think that? I'll tell you why. Because, obviously, legacy. And he played for the biggest market in all the sports. And he won two Super Bowls there. And he wasn't embarrassing his entire career. Like, his his counting numbers stack up really well to some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Plus, he has those two Super Bowls. And he has them over the most dominant quarterback of all time. You know what I mean? So, he, he's getting in first ballot, unfortunately. One question I have for you, though, is do you think his name has anything to do with the fact of him getting in first ballot? Say, for example, if it was – Daniel Jones accomplishing what he did from 2004 to 2019. Do you think he still gets in first ballot, or do you think the no, man had some? Not, not at all. That Manning name matters. Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than that dude. Has been his entire career. He didn't play in New York. He didn't win those Super Bowls. His last name isn't Manning. But Phillip Rivers is 100% a better quarterback. 100%. Do you think Phillip Rivers is first or second? I, he should be first, but he'll get in. I'm not even so sure about second, but he'll get in. And then the other one, too, that was coming up, obviously, different position, but uh, Julian Edelman, I still don't know. He's going to get his red jacket, which is Patriots Hall of Fame. Nah, he's not getting in all. Nah, I, he's I, not getting in all. He, if anything, I could see him getting in. Like, you know, I, like, I could not believe that Tom Flores, which that's another thing, too. This year's Hall of Fame class is strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Which, by the way, not only would, even though I never played the game of football professionally, I think I enjoy them getting that knock on the door by the Andre the Giant lookalike than them actually going into the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. It's just something about that giant man knocking on that door. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, like, you know, he looks like Andre. The, like, he's a huge man. Yeah. Yeah. But... This year's class is very strong. Like it's John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, Alan Fanica, who I think is a very, a very good offensive lineman. Uh, Drew Pearson, Tom Flores, who I was shocked wasn't in already. Yeah, I thought he was in too, but I saw that too. Yeah, first Latino coach to win a Super Bowl. First, like uh, he won. A, I think he won as a quarterback and a coach. Yeah, yeah, and only only like a handful of dudes to do that. Yeah. 
there's still like obviously I still have my arguments about like I think Richard Richard Seymour should get in eventually and so should Rodney Harrison, but I I think Rodney Harrison will get in eventually, even though I can't stand him. He'll get in eventually. I'm not so sure about Seymour. I know why you can't stand Rodney Harrison. Well, so it's a lot of stuff. It's not just the obvious. It's a lot it's a lot of stuff. Um But my big thing too with the Hall of Fame now is not only I feel like more than the Hall of Fame, I think they try to sell Canton. That's why they just try to put in as many as they want. Just to, because look, when you look at most of the Hall of Fames, like look at, for example, uh, the hockey one. I know you don't watch a lot of hockey, but it's in Toronto. It's a big city. You come here for the city and then the Hall of Fame. If you're going to Canton, Ohio, I don't think you're going to see other sites. You're going for the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I think that's the thing too. They're trying to sell the Museum of the Hall of Fame, which. I hope that the NFL Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, excuse me, doesn't become like a thing of, you know, they're just throwing anyone in there. I feel like, look, it should be every year the best of the best. Like the guys where you go, yep, no brainer. Like Peyton Manning, for example. Like, But what what they do a good job with uh, kind of, um, I don't want to say gatekeeping, but kind of, you know, because like, there, there's nobody I, I look at with the exception of Namath, but he kind of had to put him in. Where I'm like, that dude doesn't deserve to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, but I will say this: I would love to sit in on the when they induct the people, like in that little banquet room, because they know they usually do a Super Bowl weekend in like a they're in like a conference room or whatever, and they're just sitting there, all these like writers, like guys like Peter King, Alex Marvis, which shocked me, um, uh, Sal Palantonio, John Clayton, uh, to name a few. I'm trying to think of some other ones, uh, Shereen Williams, but like. I would just love to sit in that room and watch those guys just – oh, John Clayton as well from Houston Chronicle. Um, just sit in the room and just debate on who should get in. I feel like that's the ultimate 100 drunks in a bar conversation. By that I mean they're just debating in there, oh, why each person deserves to get the to get the knock. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's just one thing I wanted to say and get off my chest. But anyway, folks, uh, Markeem, you and I have never done this before, but I know we usually talk in group settings, but you and me having this one-on-one talk like this, man, I loved it. And thank you for coming on, my friend. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get me upset, so we're good. <laughs> I love to hear it. Well, anyway, folks, that's going to do it for episode 81 of YWC Football Talk. I may be back later this week. I'm trying to think of a guest if I can get them on. We'll be back, but if not, next Monday night, my, April 26th, excuse me, it'll be Markeem, Big Rat, Joe Provost, who have you heard you on here before, and a fifth person on here as we're doing our mock draft for the 2021 NFL Draft. The rules will be explained then, but you guys are going to love it. Well, anyway, guys, I'll see you on the next podcast, and a big thanks to Markeem once again for coming on. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.